St. Paul. Today is the first Sunday of the month of Epip. And today the reading, whether it was a feast or was not a feast, is from Luke 10. And this gospel and the theme of this month, of the Coptic month of Epip, is the aid of the Savior to His disciples. The aid of the Savior to His disciples. For example, in the gospel of today, we see how the Lord... As the apostles were sent on on this journey, on this mission, He gave them authority. He gave them power over unclean spirits in the service. Next week, the Lord gives a lesson to His disciples on humility. That's the second week. In the third week, He will, the Lord will provide food and the meat and the feeding of the multitude. And in the fourth week, the Lord will provide hope when He resurrects Lazarus from from the dead. So the four weeks are all about the Lord giving us aid to His disciples. And in the Gospel of today, it was written that the Lord sent His apostles two by two into every place He was about to go. And the idea of being sent by the Lord really like touched my heart. So today I'd like to speak to you about our journey, our mission as Christians. And the first step of this journey, the first step of this mission is to purchase the like airline tickets, to make the plan, to make the commitment to go on a trip. In spiritual terms, it is the first step is like making the commitment to be a co-worker with the Lord. And in the gospel of today, the Lord asks His apostles to be harvesters. Harvesters. And as I was thinking about the agricultural cycle of harvesting... <laughs> It struck me that harvesting is actually the last step of of the the whole cycle of there's first there is tilling or like preparing the ground then there is planting then there is watering and then after watering there's weeding and then the last step is harvesting and the lord invites everyone actually you could be a part of any one of those steps but really the lord wants you to be a part of just the very end step very little step is harvesting at the end, just to be a harvester of the Lord. And maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit. And as I was thinking about each one of these steps, it's interesting that God does not need us in any one of these steps. Like, God can do the whole process by Himself, because He's like the primary laborer. But in His grace, He allows us to become co-workers with Him. He allows us to be co-workers with Him. And this is like a fact that I want us to absorb and take in. That actually, like, God does not need our service. He does not. Like, our service is very great, is very wonderful, is very beautiful. Thank God, God bless everyone do it. But actually, He doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. Like, I was really touched by this passage in Ezekiel 34. I think I've talked to you about it before. The Lord spoke to me. This is God speaking to Ezekiel. And listen to the hard words that He has for Ezekiel. He says, mortal man, he said, denounce the rulers of Israel, the ones who are the servants. Denounce them. I don't need them. He says, mm, they're wicked. Prophesy to them and tell them what I, the sovereign Lord, say to them. You are doomed, you shepherds of Israel. 
You take care of yourselves but never tend the sheep. You drink milk, wear clothes made of wool, and kill and eat the finest sheep, but you never tend the sheep. You have not taken care of the weak ones, healed the ones that are sick, bandaged the ones that are hurt, brought back the ones that wandered off, or looked for the ones that were lost. Instead, you treated them cruelly. But the sheep had no, because the sheep had no shepherd, they were scattered, and the wild animals killed and ate them. So my sheep wandered over the high hills and the mountains. They were scattered over the face of the earth, and no one looked for them or tried to find them. So actually, there was shepherds, there were people in the service, but actually, all of them were a waste of. So then the Lord says, it's okay. He says, I, the sovereign Lord, tell you that I myself will look for my sheep and take care of them. I myself. In the same way as shepherds take care of their sheep that were scattered and are brought together again, I will bring them back from all the places where they were scattered on the dark and disastrous day. I will take them out of foreign countries, gather them together and bring them back to their land. I will lead them back to the mountains and the streams of Israel and will feed them in the pleasant pastures. I will let them graze in safety in the mountain meadows and in the valleys and in the green pastures of the land of Israel. I myself, this is the the climax, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. I will find them a place to rest. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. Some people think when they do like a service to the church, that they're doing like the church a favor. Like you're doing like the church a favor. And sometimes we beg people, please take this service, please do this service, please. Because no doubt there's a shortage. No doubt. Actually, the gospel today says, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. But Yanni, God is like, if he wanted to, Yanni, he's the powerful, he finished finish everything by himself. So why this like, why is the demand for laborers so high and the supply is so low? Why? Because the Lord wants us to become co-workers. He wants us to take this blessing. It kind of reminded me, if you were going grocery shopping and you had like a cart full of things, and then, like, little Sophia comes and says, I want to carry something in the cart. So I say, here, take this, carry this for me. So she carries it. Oh, hey, Mopsuta, and she's so happy that she's carrying. Is she really carrying anything? No, she's not carrying any. The cart's carrying everything, and it's moving. But she's so happy that she's carrying just a little piece. Kulina, we're all carrying just, like, a little piece. For that we're doing so well. Everyone has a little Sunday school class, 10 people, 10, whatever. Each one has a little service in the church. Even this whole church, what, 300 families? What is that compared to the scope of the harvest of the world? Or the city of Palatine? Or the, yeah, like, very, very little. So all of us have like very, 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 very little to carry. But God, in His like grace, lets us carry this thing. He says, good job. You're carrying so much. Good job. Carry some more. Do great. It's good. I love what the Lord said to his disciples after he met the Samaritan woman. Remember what he said? He said, Do you not say that there are four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for the harvest. And then he says something very important. He says, and he who reaps, receives, he who reaps, receives wages, and gathers fruit for 
eternal life. Means the service that you're doing now is gathering fruit for eternal life. Who are you saving? And to saving others, you're gathering fruit for yourself, for eternal life. That both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For this saying is true, one sows and another reaps. Reaping is the harvesting. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. I told you previously that harvesting is the akhir, like the little stuff. Other people have done all the laboring. Now God has done all the work. All you need to go is go and, and harvest. I was so touched like when St. Paul was called to go preach in Philippi. Why was he called to go preach there? No one remembers? There's a Macedonian man pleaded with him and said, Come to us. St. Paul, did you, did you sow? Did you plant? Did you do anything? Well, God did everything. And St. Paul just went at the end and just harvested and said, Just come into the... So I feel like God is planting and harvesting and doing. And all of us, we have a little share to just do the harvesting. Thus, we have to make that commitment. We have to make that commitment. That's the first part of the journey. Is make the decision to be like committed, to be a committed servant of the Lord. Because it's for your benefit, for your salvation. Number two, when we decide to go on a journey, yeah, we bought the tickets, we're excited to go. But then the Lord said something so interesting to the disciples. He said, when you're on this journey, greet any, don't greet anyone on the road. Did you notice that? Don't greet anyone on, I thought, Lord, you just sent us on a mission to go preach and to do everything. So why don't you want us to greet anyone on the road? It seems seems kind of uh, counterintuitive, if you will. But St. Ambrose and the fathers of the church, they teach us a very important lesson from this, this part of the gospel. It says, when divine commandments are given, human obligations are surrendered for a little while. Salutation is fine. But the performance of duties to God is finer because it is more fitting. Hindrance of these duties has often brought offenses. Even honorable acts are prohibited for fear that the grace of the ceremony deceive and hinder the ministry of the task and delay which is sinful. So St. Ambrose is telling us that do not greet anyone on the road. Why? Because those are... Considered that that phrase of the Lord was considered a those people are distractions. They are the ones that will take you off the path. Those are the ones that will detour your journey. You're on a journey to go this way, but if you greet everyone by the road and you know have fun with this, well then and then you meet this one and then ida, then you'll find yourself you didn't do the mission khalas. Actually, this is what many of the great like characters of the Bible, they all fell in this, this issue. Balaam got distracted with money and power with Balak. And distraction, 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 and then he went off the course. David saw a pretty lady and whew, distraction. Greet no one. He should have been at war. How about Samson? Salmon, oh, Samson, <laughs> let the love of women and the Boaz Nafsu like distracted. For sure, distracted. Be careful about distraction. Martha was distracted. 
Be careful of distraction. My confession to you is actually I've been very distracted recently. All this politics and all this garbage that's on the news can be very distracting. And the shushuf and post and the arguments and who's going and this and this. And like, can be very distracting. And really can take away a lot of time off. And I'm falling, forgive me, and I'm getting caught in this. So don't get like Yani Kulena, we all don't get distracted by the social gatherings, don't get distracted by the media, don't get distracted by anything, your work, your family, your don't be distracted. It could all take you down a path you don't need to be on. Yeah? Number three, on the journey, there will be adversity. There will be adversity. There will be wolves. <laughs> when he sent them out, said, You are sheep among Wolves. So the wolves are coming. And, and he's, and the people, these like the wolves are people who aim to destroy you. They're people that want to eat you. And unfortunately this is normal. Saint Paul speaks in his epistle of many of the wolves that want to eat him. But I was reading the story of Abraham. I'm reading like the story of Abraham now and I was really touched by the Lord's protection of Abraham. When Abraham was called to go into a new land. There was famine. And then he was, he went into Egypt. And when he went into Egypt, he made this little lie for his, because he was scared for himself. He was like a little sheep and he was going into a midst of wolves. Those Egyptians, they're so bad. And so, and they, he was worried that the, the Egyptians were going to take his wife because Sarah was so beautiful. So, they, Abraham made this little scheme, she's my sister, and then plagues came upon Pharaoh. And St. John Chrysostom says something so beautiful about these plagues that came upon Pharaoh. He says, a, a woman dazzling in her beauty is taken by an Egyptian tyrant, is taken by an Egyptian dictator, someone so evil. And this guy has no regard for morals, has no regard for sexual purity, has no regard for anything. And yet somehow, this is what St. John Chrysostom says, he says, the king who is a tyrant of such frenzy and incontinent disposition means he has no self-restraint. And yet she leaves his presence untouched. He left his presence untouched with her peerless chastity intact. Her peerless chastity into such you see God's providence always is marvelous and surprising. Whenever things are given up as hopeless by human beings, then He personally gives evidence of His invincible power in every circumstance. Daniel was a sheep thrown in the midst of wolves. Actually, they weren't wolves; they were lions. But he survived. Invincible power of God. Invincible power of God. Our church survived centuries of persecution among wolves. Among wolves. And we were fine. Don't let the wolves discourage you. Don't let them scare you. Don't let them intimidate you. They have big teeth. And they're scary looking. And they make you want to cry. But they won't. God's power is greater than these wolves. When the 70 apostles came back, what did they, what did they say to the Lord? Remember what they said to the Lord? They said, Lord, even the demons 
are subject to us in your name. So who was scared of who? Tell me who was scared of who? Was the demon scared of the sheep? Or was the sheep scared, the, was the, sorry, I messed that up. Was the sheep scared of the demon? Or was the demon scared of the, the sheep? No, it's the, the demons were scared of the sheep. So the point here is do not let adversity stop you on your journeys. Trust in the Lord that He will provide for you. I love also at the end of the Gospel of Luke, it says, when I sent you without money bag, I sent you without knapsack, I sent you without all of these things, boom, 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 did you lack anything? And what did the disciples say? We lack nothing. Because God's power any in the face of any adversity doesn't stand. Doesn't stand. Into shaklukum naimin. So I'm gonna I have two more but into should I go two more? Well into naimin? Well Okay. Very quick. Ah, last two, very quick. On a far journey, if you're going on a far journey, what like if you like I'm going to travel to Europe. When I go to Europe and like like I go to Spain should I go there and speak English to them? Will I speak Spanish? Or I go to Germany or I go to some remote place. I go there with my American, ta-da. Hello, how's it going? No, like in Spanish. I speak to them the way... When you're on your journey, you have to adapt to the people that you are dealing with in the mission. That's why in the Pauline epistle today... It says, to the Jew, I became a Jew, that I might win the more. I, to those under the law, as under the law, that I may win those under the law. To those who are without law, as without law, without being toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I, min, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak, I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. St. Augustine, on his commentary of this, he says something very beautiful. He says, a person who nurses a sick man, a, a person who nurses a sick man, in a sense becomes sick himself. Not by pretending to have a fever, but by thinking sympathetically how he would like to be treated if he were sick himself. That's what it means to the Jew, I became a Jew. He's not just putting on a face mask and yani, acting to be like, let's be friends, ha ha ha, so I can convert. No, it's actually coming like heart to heart, becoming connected heart to heart. So everyone on the journey, we need to become connected to each other, heart to heart. The last one, very quickly, is to stay humble. Stay humble on the journey. There will be signs of glory, signs of everything, like of power, but... As the Lord said to the disciples when they came back so happy, He said, I saw like Satan fall like lightning. So all of us stay humble on our journey and glory be to God forever. Amen. But oh.